Jeff Danzer is here with us. He is the baseball broadcaster for the University of Georgia on the Georgia Bulldogs Radio Network. You can hear him uh, on most weekends here, of course. You heard him yesterday here in Macon and in Savannah. And uh, he'll be back on uh, this week again as they play Princeton. I, I asked the question earlier, Jeff, so when a uh, Princeton, what are they called? What is the the Tigers? Princeton, Princeton when, Tigers. When a tiger gets on first base, does the Georgia first base say, "Hey, what's up, smartass"? <laughs> they could. You know, we've actually got a, one of our infielders is a transfer from Yale. Oh wow! So all I'm concentrating on, Bill, is just not calling Princeton Yale about fifteen times this weekend. <laughs> yeah, good, good thought for sure. All right, two and one. I enjoyed listening to you and Dave yesterday on my way back up from Waycross. And uh, a good win, a lot of runs, 25 runs in three games. So give us your thoughts on the first weekend for the Dogs. I thought it was a good weekend. Jacksonville State's one of those good mid-major teams. and We all know how it is, no matter the sport. You've got those guys that have got the chip on their shoulders, and they just might be a couple of inches too short, or maybe that fastball didn't have three miles per hour on it. You know, we see it in football. I've Remember Georgia Southern having a 210-pound linebacker who was five foot ten, and thinking, you know, if he was three inches taller, he'd be at Georgia or Auburn. Doesn't mean he's not a good football player. So I thought we saw a lot of good things out of the bullpen, and then the lineup was was pretty steady all weekend. So I think all in all, you know, especially after losing on Friday, to to come back and win the series, it was it was a good weekend for sure. Yeah, it was good to uh, to bounce back like that. So no weekday game and then uh, as we said with Princeton and then next week a, a game with Presbyterian and then next week the Tech series and uh, I know that Tech series kind of got interrupted a couple years ago but do you do you like that format of what they're doing now with the Georgia Tech series? I do. I like playing the three games early because you've got your your front end pitching, and then also you, you kind of get to the point, and you know how I feel about tech. But I'm just telling you, in in our great years we've had through the years, when you're in SEC play, yeah, the tech games are big, but they're nowhere near as important as the SEC weekends are. And there's also the chance you could see them in the postseason. So it, it's a good kind of dress rehearsal for the SEC, and then you're, you're, you're done playing them. You, you don't have to worry about it again unless you get to the postseason, which obviously then is a good thing. Absolutely, no doubt about that. All right, uh, we, we saw Jaden Woods, and he had some control issues this weekend, right? Yes, he did. I love Jaden. He told Coach Strickland he was just too amped up. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that. And what Coach said was, listen, hey, you're, you're a junior now, Jaden. You, you've done great. We love you. That's what I expect from freshmen. So uh, Liam Sullivan started on Saturday. He was, he was okay, but we, we made an error, and, and there was a free base. Next thing you know, they hit a three-run homer. So I think one of the big things, we're really looking for those two guys to come out and have good outings this coming weekend. They're both very talented junior left. They both won a lot of big games for us. And we've got so many new guys on this pitching staff, some talented arms. But you know the way it is, my friend. I don't care if you're in the majors or in college. You've got to have those veterans show the way. Oh, yeah. No no doubt about it. It's very, very important. And the pitching's going to – I mean, we were kind of laughing about Georgia Tech a minute ago. 
because they they outscored Miami of Ohio 36 to 24 and it's like well uh, same old Georgia Tech they score a lot of runs and and give up a lot of runs I mean it, it seemed like college baseball I mean it's just all about that I mean not like it's not in big leagues of course it is but man you're gonna score some runs with these bats you got to just stop them yeah, you really do. You know, you got to cash in uh, when you get the opportunities. And I think one of the things that you see, too, with the, the great teams are always able to answer. And I was really proud of us yesterday. And, uh, by the way, Dave did a great job calling the game. I, I had basketball to call yesterday, so I got over there in the middle of the game. Um, and we were up 5-1. Then they come and make it 5-5. Five to five, And strand runners at second and third. We got big strikeouts from Luke Wagner and Nolan crisp then we came right back and scored twice to go up seven five and we were able to extend so we did a good job of protecting the scoreboard and again in college baseball and i just think back to all those great teams from lsu and mississippi state through the years they always answer and and man i mean i can remember times in baton rouge all right hey man we we just went up three to one then they'd come back and score four you know, that's that's what the great teams always do. And that goes for all levels of baseball, but especially at college. No question, no question. Hey, what's the um what's the timetable for the improvements they're making to, to Foley Field? Are they continuing that? Yes. So, in fact, uh, tonight on Bulldog Hotline, uh, Coach White's traveling, so we're talking with Coach Strickland tonight. Okay. Um, but it's basically, Bill, a two-year type deal. So they've got to do – infrastructure year one and get a lot of things in order and then do what I would call the more showy pieces that the fans are going to see year two. So it should be up and rolling full go for the 2025 season. Okay. Now, Coach Strickland also said in 2025, it might be a deal like those first two or three weeks of the year, we might be on the road just to buy some extra time. But basically, it's it's a two part deal, and it's kind of like what what we did with football, and the you know phase one. And I think he, he, all our fans understand. First things first, we got to do what's best for the players and for the recruits, and that's obviously paid off. I think we can give Kirby credit for that. And then phase two is what you're going to do for your fans and for your alumni, and that's what we're seeing at Sanford right now with a lot of those improvements. So it's a similar type deal with Foley. Yeah, and I've seen the the pictures. They're going to have like a left field plaza, right? And the offices are going to be over there, and it looks looks really nice. It really does. They've done a great job. And Josh Brooks, our athletic director, has done a terrific job, and he is committed to, to, to improving the facilities and making us competitive across the board. And uh, there's a facilities arms race, and now with, with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, you know, it's, it's only going to get uh, faster and more furious. That's one of my wife's sister's favorite movies, by the way, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> uh, Modern-day Casablanca and Godfather. But anyway, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the ante has definitely been amped up uh, even more. And, and uh, yeah, we, we want to be able to, 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 to certainly be competitive. And, and the thing is, and the root of this with Georgia baseball goes back to the Braves. You know, there, there are so many fans of Georgia football and the Braves if you grow up in Louisiana or Mississippi or Arkansas, your baseball team is the same as your football team. It's LSU baseball, like LSU football is Arkansas baseball or Mississippi State baseball. But there's so many fans that are 
Georgia football and Braves fans. And through the years, we've had a hard time. And I remember when Coach Polk came here getting a radio network and you know Mississippi State had a 30 station network and he gave that so much credit for, for their rise to power in the 70s and 80s and and again Bill that's another reason why we're so grateful to you and what you've done with the super stations to be able to get our, our baseball our men's and women's basketball from the middle of the state down to the coastal empire it's so important for our programs and, and it means a lot but you know we're one of the now things have expanded and, and once the, the the Orlando Magic came around, and then the Marlins. Florida got a taste of it. But, Bill, my friend, you know, for years and years, we were the only school in the league, you know, say the New Orleans Saints, that had any real pro sports competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we love having you you and Dave on, and, and just it's a perfect uh, addition for us to have, have the baseball on and all the games that we can have on. And it's a lot of fun, and I, I just uh, – uh, you know, it helps to believe in your head coach and Scott Strickland and what, what he's able to do. Hey, Jeff, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head. Uh, do you know how many transfers are on this year's baseball team? It's around, I think, eight. Okay. Um, that, that is one of the new things. Uh, as you also know, my friend, going way back at Eastvale, the veterans and newcomers. We, we got our veterans back and the freshmen. Well, now you've got that third part to the recipe yeah. with, with the transfers. Uh, we, we do have three infielders that played a good bit this weekend in LaPlante, Murillo, and David, who were all transfers. And then I think we've got four pitchers. So it's uh, you know it, it's a pretty good number. And, and I think the thing is with, with the, the transfers – You've got to use that to fill holes here and there. You, you can't build around that. Now, there's some teams you might just not have the talent, and that's all you can do. But it's, I think you would compare it, wouldn't you, to, to free agency in baseball. Sure. You've got to have the pieces, and then you, you just plug those one or two holes with a free agent. So so uh, what, what's the total number? I mean, I don't, we don't want to get into scholarship stuff, but I mean, as far as how many members are, are on this roster, so to speak? There's, well, what you've got, the roster, they pushed it up to 40 for COVID and then went okay. to 35, then back to 40. Basically, you got 11.7 scholarships. Yeah, right. To divvy up amongst 27 players, and then everybody else is, is pretty much a walk-on. So, I mean, you, you always laugh at the NFL with the salary cap. I'm saying that, going back to the 90s, and I remember sitting in Coach Perno's office and figuring out, all right, this kid can get booked. Right, this kid really needs to keep hope. Hmm. Okay, you know, th- th- this guy's got great grades. He can get this much. We, we can do room and board for him. And just trying to put all that stuff together, that that's where the, the, the full rides with – with football and, and basketball and on the women's side with, with soccer and softball, it, it's a nice thing because there, there's a lot of piecing and maneuvering oh, yeah. when it comes to baseball scholies. Well, and so my point in asking that is, are, are, are we pretty much looking, do you think, at about a quarter of each year's baseball roster being transfers? Is that going to be the norm? Probably. I think that's that's the way it's going to go. And now the, the other fact you've got, too, and we can do another day on this, get deep in the weeds on it with the NIL stuff, not going to point any fingers, but there are a couple of schools in the league. Okay? One has been 
uh, charged with tampering, though the NCAA is pretty much toothless right now with basically calling a starting pitcher from a rival school saying, if you get in the portal, we're going to guarantee you a hundred grand NIL money. And, and I, when, when these rules were put in, that was not what it was meant for. Yeah. Well, I've, that's that that brings up even another topic and i was talking with some friends last week and we were like and then we started talking about on the show a little bit and we were talking mainly about football but i think even more so for baseball in the situation which you just described you know with the nil possibility um for any sport for that matter i mean okay you're going to have your scholarship limits but if if x amount of players let, let's just go back to football because everybody talks about football that's why sure, I, I try sure. to bring some of this stuff up for baseball basketball because we we can't forget that other sports are impacted by the new things in college athletics as well but let's go back to football for a moment we know that georgia is at 92 okay right now that that that's a fact i believe and if i think of deuce robinson comes that could be 93 but we're, we're in a situation today in college athletics where if, if a coach, and I know we could take George out of it and make this more of a generic example, but if a coach is having a problem getting to his scholarship numbers, he can ask a player that may be getting a certain amount of money, hey, will you go on non-scholarship? Will you pay for your own college? I mean, are, are, are we getting to a point where that is going to be part of Scott Strickland, Kirby Smart, Mike White's job to possibly juggle that by having a player who, of course, looks like he needs to be on scholarship. He's a great athlete. He's a great part of the team, but can afford to pay for it himself, and so they want him to do that to try to save another person's scholarship. Yeah, I heard that floated out. I can't remember who the quarterback was or where he was, but a kid was supposedly getting a a quote-unquote million-dollar NIL deal, and if he was going to become quote a preferred walk on, mm-hmm. you know, again, you're you're getting at a slippery slope there. I would think for football with 85, that's not going to be that big a deal. But let's say at Georgia, if there was a Gordon Beckham type player, and Bill Shanks Incorporated said, "Hey, Gordo." Yep. <laughs> We're going to kick you 500 grand to come uh, hang out with us down at Fox's Pizza in Brunswick, Georgia, in the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he might be able to, to pay a little bit more of his own way. Plus, with the the, the what you can do on, on an academic front. Yeah. So, Bill, it's typical with the NCAA when all this stuff went in. You know, it's just like with conference expansion; they just kind of did it. And, and to say the devil in the deep is in the details is the most uh, unserving understatement of all time because there are a lot of details out there right now and, and some consequences, whether they were intended or unintended, that have got <laughs> a lot of people scrambling and a lot of athletic departments on fire because we're trying to come up with answers to questions that have never been asked. I know. And, 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 and there are only going to be new questions that, that continue to come about. And, and, and I know football is obviously the focus, but football is actually the easiest out of so many of these sports to try and figure out. Yeah, probably is. Probably is. Well, and I know the conversation that a coach would have to have with an athlete about, hey, I know you're getting <laughs> 500000 for your NIL can't you afford to just pay for your own way so I can give the scholarship to someone else? It's probably easier said than done, right? Because that's not probably a very comfortable conversation to have with an athlete who still thinks he's going there to get a free education or a free ride. And 
And, you know, there's not everybody's going to be Brock Bowers, too, right? Which we've heard how he's kind of handling the issue. We'll try to get him back on, uh, make sure he's okay there. But, um, you know, we, we are saying things in a context that even five years ago, three years ago, we would be laughing at it. And yet, we've always said on this show, at least I've always said, everybody cheats. It's just depending on if you get caught and whether or not you're blatant about it to be stupid about it. But now those things are obviously happening and it's like, you're trying to come up with ways and, and smart people like a Kirby smart and other coaches around the country are going to come up with ways to work around these issues. Uh, Jeff is back with us here. And uh, I, I, I was just saying, you know, we, we say things now and talk about things that a couple of years ago, people would think we were bat, you know, what crazy about, don't we? Right. Right. No, absolutely. And, and I think you can make the case that there's been more radical change just in terms of, of NIL, conference expansion, transfer portal, playoff expansion the last three years than there had been maybe in the history of the NCAA combined. Sure. But certainly I think in the last – I mean, I think it's the, the biggest thing to happen since the, the South um, integrated back in the early 70s and, and what that meant for college football – uh, but you put all these things together, I think you add up all the other years combined, and, and these last three years might have more change than, than everything put together. No question. No question. And, and it, it's, it brings up interesting topics that you think about, especially in slow times when there are not as many games going on, where, where you're just, well, I wonder if that would happen. Or, and, you know, I, I can't imagine the compliance office is making too many calls to the NCAA to say, well, is this legal? Because I, personally, if I did that in, as a compliance officer, I might say, hell, they don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they would know or not. I mean, and to their defense, Jeff, they may not know because they may not have these situations have come up before where they have to almost kind of go with their policy on the fly, which is ne- never a real good thing to, to do. No, and that's where you, you've got to have a really good and strong athletic department who, who they're not playing doctor no. Uh, they, they are playing, here's how we can get this done. Here's how we can help you. Here's how we can communicate and try and get it done, and we're going to get the right answers. And, again, Josh has got a terrific staff, and our, our compliance guy, uh, the, the head guy is a guy named Will Lawler, and he is just one of those – uh, one of those studs behind the scenes, and and Bill, I know you know everybody in the Braves organization. There, there are probably two or three guys who, through the years, have figured out how to work some of these contracts, and and that's how you keep a certain pitcher and a certain shortstop for another year. Yeah. So uh, that's 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 just an example there, and and you better have good people because uh, again, I think Bill, going back to what you said, we're just in such a situation where there things coming up that have have just never happened before yeah no doubt no the 
Old days of calling Hoke Wilder to see what was legal and what was not. I don't think that's in place yeah. anymore. <laughs> no, sure. it's it, it's long gone, and you know just the the consequences from from a lot of this. It's you know it's it's a changing game, and and the other thing to me, I, I detest conference expansion. I detest the expansion of the playoffs, and I mean just to think now that that you're going to have, and I get it. You might say, oh, this is college football going longer. You got to be careful what you're wishing for if you're talking about adding on like the season george had think how exhausting that was for everybody and now you're tacking on another two or maybe three layers to that and not finishing until late january you know thinking about what that's doing for the 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 regular season of college basketball it's it's just a lot of newness and again it all happens so fast and the, the the for the playoff for a playoff to triple in size that still just blows me away right there. But again, I don't have a vote on any of this, but it's 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 amazing everything that's happened these last three years. Well, you know what, Jeff? Real quick before we let you go, it's like I've said about the baseball changes that are coming. The month of April is not going to have very good. Major League Baseball. It's going to be no. sloppy. They're not going to know what the hell to do. They're going to have to get through all these rules. And I would imagine as we go through with all these changes, especially to feel out everything, it's going to take a while before they they all, all the programs and conferences get their footing underneath them, don't you think, for every sport, probably. Yeah, that's 100% correct. And and from Georgia football standpoint, the great thing is Kirby Smart is always forward thinking. He's always moving forward. He's not sitting here like me saying, oh, I wish this was that or that was this. He knows what's coming and he's got to jump on it. And that's where we are so blessed, always moving forward. And, and I mean, that showed even on 1818 when we lost Alabama and we were as low as we've ever been, just with heartbreak uh, coming so close. And he said, we're not going anywhere. And what that meant, the uplifting of the Georgia people there. So we're, we're moving forward here at Georgia at all times. But again, to your point with a lot of this, so Nebraska, I'm sorry, uh, Oklahoma, when I say Oklahoma, I have to say Nebraska <laughs> with them. That, that's our age, right? <laughs> yeah. So Oklahoma and Texas are, are coming in. I mean, not this coming year, but the next. I mean, so like in two years, we might be playing Texas and Oklahoma in every sport. They still don't know how the schedule is going to work out for football, for basketball, for baseball. I mean, at some point, I would think with by this summer, they're going to come up with a model. I think they've got an idea of, of what the model will probably look like. But, I mean, can you remember back, we used to get the game programs of the media guide, Bill, when we were kids, and it was so cool. You'd have the, the schedules out. I remember getting from the BYU game, our schedule was all, way, all the way out to 1988. Yep. And I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, we're going to play Tennessee in 1980, and I'm going to be 16 years old. But I remember going <laughs> to that Tennessee game thinking, oh, my gosh. I, I, so the, the time really does fly. But, but now you don't know that. We don't know that, and it's – you know, it's uh, I, I, certainly to, to say it's a sweeping and radical change. It's coming here in a hurry. But maybe when everything gets settled with the league, with the scheduling, it can be a good sign of, of just at least slowing things down a little bit and kind of getting everybody on the same highway, going the same direction. Let's hope. Let's hope for sure. All right, Jeff will be on tonight uh, in Macon, Winter Robins, Pinehurst, Rochelle, and in Savannah for the dog talk uh, starting at 8 o'clock, right, Jeff? 
Yes, sir. We've got Coach Strickland on for the first hour. Then I'm going to chat with uh, gymnastics coach Courtney Kupetz Carter. Then when we play above, below, and in between, I, I asked the road dog uh, between the Kentucky Derby, the, the Final Four, the Masters, and WrestleMania, which event he'd most like to attend. <laughs> road dog. He needs to be controlled in a very close environment, that's for sure. <laughs> He's a great American. He is. He's a great American. All right, Jeffrey. Thank you, sir. You we too, appreciate buddy. it. All right. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. All right. Uh, Jeff Danzler here from the Georgia Bulldogs Radio Network.